Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me somewhere on the ship is the XO Kitsy. Well, the <laughs> maybe eh, not really the XO at the moment. <laughs> Kitsy. <laughs> I'm 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 giving a moment of silence because uh, Ty's not in this episode, so I have no quote to give. That's true. Sad. Good point. So, and, and uh, of course, my moment's not over yet. <laughs> Your moment is over when I say it's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you can't argue with that. <laughs> and of course, the uh, newly reinstated president of the Twelve Colonies, and always the president of our hearts, Andrea. Who, me? And the podcast. (laughs) I'd say that's third most important. It's the colonies, everybody's hearts, and then the podcast. Uh, I bought myself new headphones. Uh, So I have, like, actual, like... They look nice. Studio Mm -hmm. monitor headphones instead of these weird, uh, jank Bluetooth ones that I was plugging plugging in with a wire. Uh, And that means that I also have been able to go back to using my uh, audio interface for output as well. So I have the monitoring. And I hear myself, and I feel I feel more confident. Now. <laughs> good. I feel more in control of the ship. <laughs> That's good. Somebody's got to be. Because I mean, let's be honest. There have been times where you have not felt in control of it at all. No. <laughs> so, where were we? Um, the uh, the Cylons got sick. Lots of lots of Cylons getting dead. And, uh, of course, if, if you remember from last time around, uh, uh, the good Dr. Gaius Baltar uh, volunteered so selflessly uh, to go to the, uh, the infected base ship uh, and try to determine what the cause of the illness was. Uh, and he did so. He figured it out. Smart guy. Saw that it was a beacon. Talked to one of the dying sixes. She told him, we brought this beacon on, and then we all got sick. You know, he's smart enough to put the, the pieces together, but not he smart enough to... He knows the pieces to... fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he watched them fall apart. 
Um, but when he gets back to the uh, the the other base star, uh, somehow, I, I mean, I guess we we okay benefit benefit of the doubt. They put him through some sort of quarantine and like sanitation procedure and whatnot, because uh, it kind of feels like he just hops off the uh, raptor uh, after being on the infected base ship. And is like, what's up, everybody? I didn't <laughs> find fives. anything over there. High fives all around. It's all cool. Never, you know, everybody's dead, but you're good. You're fine. It's, you know, it's fine. And, of course, we know that uh, Caprica doesn't believe him because she sees the fucking beacon that he took photos of. It's literally a beacon. It's meant to be discovered. Like, yeah. you did a bad job. Yeah. And so, all that said... Previously on Battlestar Galactica. It's <laughs> <laughs> you good? Both of your reactions to that. <laughs> so we know we know that the Cylons know about the the, the base ship and are keeping their distance, uh, you know, to stop the spread. Uh, and we know that the <laughs> Colonials have discovered uh, a a base star that is. Uh, Dead in the water, so to speak, except in this case, the water is space, uh, which, you know, is kind of a lot like water in, in, in some ways. I mean, there's no there's no oxygen in it. I just realized there's lots of oxygen no, in water, so never mind. So <laughs> it's like a, a third of water is oxygen. Water is largely oxygen, yes. Well, no, just a third of it. The other uh, two thirds is hydrogen. There is a significant amount of hydrogen in space, though. It's I mostly in stars. Th- That's true. <laughs> I guess that does make sense. Okay, never mind. <laughs> One might also, say that most of the hydrogen in the universe is probably in stars. <laughs> Pro- probably, yes. Also, if you watch enough science fiction, you'll learn that there are whales in space, as That's there are true. also whales in the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That was, was going to be my space whale noise, but it was, kind of trailed I off. I liked it. No, I liked, I liked it. it. It was subtle. <laughs> It sounded like it was like very forlorn off in the distance. Yeah. Like it's been a, a whale traveling space <laughs> all alone for decades, millennia even. No, stop. Don't 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 make me feel for this uh pretend whale I'm crying. <laughs> she is she's very concerned about the welfare of this uh, imaginary space the, whale. <laughs> the welfare. Oh, I love it. Thank I love you. it. Thank you. I have to go. Uh, thank you. So Galactica stumbling across the their their foes adrift in space uh, decide what better way to sort this out than rather than sending one person on to investigate as the Cylons did, we're going to send basically everyone important uh, <laughs> on a mission, uh, like fucking full Raptor squadrons uh, with Marines and uh, Viper pilots and... And Apollo's there. Uh, Apollo's there. The the fucking the major uh, and uh, the one Cylon that they've got. Who uh, you know? Did y'all like it? Like went, mm, Sharon? No, no, girl, don't, girl, mm-hmm. don't do it. it. I mean, it is just like her to just kind of jump in and be like, ah! no. <laughs> suddenly Sharon. But yeah, so uh, they decide to, to send like basically a third of the crew of Galactica onto the spaceship to uh, to see what's wrong, and uh, boy, do they find a lot of dead meat. Um, I find it odd that uh, that Sharon Athena that Athena mm-hmm. uh, raises no objections to the continued use of the slur skin jobs. I yeah, I thought the same thing. 
you know, she just got that promotion. She's trying not to make any waves. <laughs> waves in space? That's silly. Yeah. Space waves. <laughs> there's all kinds of waves in space. That's there's electromagnetic waves. There's, there's most, yeah. mostly those, mostly electromagnetic. You're right. You're right. I'll give you that one. Nobody knows uh, who's actually in space. Nobody knows. Nobody's been but, in space. But <laughs> there's... There, do you know anyone that's been to space? I don't, I don't know anyone that's been in space. There you go. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you know, she just got that promotion. She's trying to, you know, she's trying to, like, hang. She's trying to be cool, you know? No. She's trying to, you know, let the, the... the I don't I'm trying to make an analogy and I'm coming up short. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I do. We're with you. We're with you. She's, you know... And, and then she's got her husband back on the ship that's like, guys, guys, use extreme caution, okay? All right, Apollo, I'm talking to you, Apollo. Extreme caution. I love you. You're beautiful. Because he's very supportive. And Apollo's just like, ah, no, it's interference. Uh, let's, let's set a perimeter, guys. We're just <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I love this moment where he's like, you know, Apollo's like, no signs of life. The ship appears to be powering down. Like, how do you know what a powering down base star looks like? Have you ever seen one power down? Oh, have you, mm. Apollo? It, it also didn't mm. look, I mean, it didn't look to me like it was powering down. It looked to me like the, uh, like the lights were flickering. Like, maybe it had already powered down and this was just the emergency yeah. lighting that comes on in a, in a disaster. I mean... I got nothing. I'm being incredibly pedantic. I don't know. I, I'm I watching for every detail. Yeah. Every 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 ounce counts on this show. So, but at this point, they they do see. Excuse me. They reach the control center, uh, which is an odd way to to call. It. I guess they don't. Shouldn't it be the bridge? I mean, control. I mean, uh, they they say CIC. Take him to the bridge. You know what? And what does CIC stand for, Caleb? I think it was Combat Information Center. I thought it was Command and Control. <laughs> Command and Conquer? What does CIC stand She's for? in Crackers. Common Ooh. Interest Community. No. Um, military and Government is... Combat Information Center. Oh. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so okay. they want you to think. I mean, you know what? Maybe they've got a a Cylon lexicon in the Galactical Library, and that's exactly how the the Cylons refer to their their CIC. Cylon the lexicon. The like Cylexicon. Cylexicon. No, no, I don't think you got to <laughs> rush that one. Cylon <laughs> lexicon. It's good. It does. It does roll really well. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so they, you know, he does a, a quick visual count. He's like, uh, we got maybe 30, uh, maybe 40 dead, uh, dead skin jobs over here. And then uh, again, uh, for the second time, he's like, we need to set a per- can we Can we set a perimeter, please? Matthias. Guys, please, I'm, perimeter. I've been, I've been saying perimeter. <laughs> Nobody's, no, we, got, we don't have a perimeter here. Guys, guys, military 101, <laughs> perimeter. That's the first thing you do. Every, always- all the time. Have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> Haven't you ever set a perimeter before? <laughs> and then uh, you know they they set their perimeter, and uh, <laughs> Athena tries to uh, interface with the ship. She sticks her hand right in some uh, some rancid goo. Should be more sophisticated, I think. Like they're so advanced in so many ways. 
Well, you know what? I'm changing my mind. Maybe that so, is more like all you got to do to talk to a ship is stick your hands in the goo. That's pretty. Well, if you remember from, yeah, I guess it was just last episode uh, when they're arguing about whether or not to go and rescue this spaceship. Uh, the three, Deanna, she slams her hands down on the controls and it's basically like water on the panel, just like splash. Uh, and then the uh, the hybrid gets all freaky and like nah, and they're like she disagrees. Um, but that what was like you know two inches of water is now this just like sludge. Mm-hmm. It's like like I've never seen I've I've never seen water rot, and this looks yeah. like rotten water. That's <laughs> it looks really like accurate. What does that tell you, Caleb? That that water can rot. That it's in, not water in Battlestar Galactica. It looks like the, you know the uh, the ice packs that they send out that have that like weird yes. gel stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It looks like that, but like but mixed gross. with with rancid fat. Mm, well, <laughs> I'm glad we really. Oh my god, the meat the ship to... is rendering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to. Uh, the, the fat in the meat ship is gone back. <laughs> So they discover some some of the uh, the Cylons they previously thought were dead are alive. Mm-hmm. There's at least five of them. Yeah, and they just all like start crawling together to hold hands and pray. It's true. Yeah, it is. That's not that's not a joke. No. It's true. That's what it's they do. True. And I, I love how you know Lee calls that back to Galactica, of course, because he's got a you know snitch and uh, <laughs> and Hilo's like. If, if one of them moves, you shoot him, and Lee's like, oh, don't worry, I will. Like, don't don't take any chances. Extreme caution, Lee. <laughs> don't take any chances. What did I say, Apollo? Say it back. <laughs> did you want to go, Hilo? Did you, <laughs> exactly. are you? Are you mad that you didn't get to go on this mission? No, it's fine. Like, like what's up? I'm just here to support y'all. I think Hilo's not dealing as well as he thought he would with being in a command position and having to send his wife out on dangerous missions. I think he, I think he thinks he should be there. He should be God. with her. With his... Uh, to protect her, because she's delicate. Yeah, she needs Hilo to protect her. <laughs> yeah. what, what are you going to do, buddy? <laughs> Hasn't she kicked your ass a couple Seriously? times? <laughs> I love it. Take I, care of I do. I think I like Hilo more and more with with each watch through of the show. But I mean, just sit down. Just yeah. take oh, a yeah. breath. I, <laughs> take a knee, I, Hilo. <laughs> I love Hilo. He's just not he's not the first one I'm calling into, you know. Who is? Oh. I mean Adama, right? Like Which it depends on the Yeah. Papa. Hmm. I guess it depends on what's happening, right? Because, like, if you need someone that's, like, going to kick some ass, like, hand-to-hand combat, you probably want Starbuck. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Or Sharon. Or Sharon, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, let's be honest, six. Oh. Six Give is... me a six if there's hand-to-hand combat involved. <laughs> Give me a six on just about any scenario. I can't think of too many where six isn't the right call. So, um, this uh, this is... One of my favorite types of episodes, and I think you all know why, it's because it's a very Doc Cottle-heavy episode. <laughs> it is a Doc Cottle-heavy episode. <laughs> and, uh, I love me some Doc Cottle. So uh, they bring back the, uh, the Cylons, uh, um, 
And they're like, you know, we've, we've got, we've got prisoners. He's like, how many? He's like, how many do you need? <laughs> Cause he's like, yeah, bring them to me. I can test them for the, the infection and see like, you know, what, uh, what is causing it and you know, like how far along they are and you know, how, how worried do we need to be about our people? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when they die, I'll know how long our people have is, is what he says. And <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I, this episode, I think intentionally plays with the idea of like treating Cylons as humans and treating them as not humans mm-hmm. back and forth. But like Cottle, who has historically been, yeah, you know, very neutral on the situation of like, you know, I treat patients, whether they're Cylon or human, you know, it's what I do is now kind of referring to them as like objects a little bit. And that makes me a little uncomfortable or, yeah, coming from him. At the very least like test subjects, which yeah. is not... Do yeah, like, you think that Cottle had some bad times on New Caprica that we didn't see? Oh, almost like, certainly. I didn't even think about where Cottle's been this whole time. So we know, and we, we've talked a lot about how some of the other major characters that we see regularly uh, have been traumatized and impacted by the, their time on New Caprica. Um, but we haven't seen anything really of of what Cottle went through or what his state is now. And I wonder if like, you know, we, we talked about, he's kind of, he's another old soldier. I feel like he was probably in the first war. He's been a doctor forever. He, you know, he has seen some shit and, you know, maybe thought that that was all behind him. And then this, you know, the, this happened, the, you know, the invasion, the attacks and the, you know, the, the fleeing for their lives across the galaxies. And he's and the running and the screaming. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he uses his, his Homer, his Homer, his humor and his, his <laughs> cynicism uh, to cope. And he's, you know, he's, he's funny. Uh, but maybe after being like an active, like wartime doctor on New Caprica and watching, you know, the, the people uh, who already would have been struggling on this shit show of a planet uh, <laughs> to be additionally struggling uh, under an oppressor. Like, I wonder if that uh, kind of soured him a little bit on his uh, his you know medical ethics. Well, we did see him on New Caprica uh, operate on a Cylon. Oh, that's right. And I I want to say it's a it's a three that even like says like well, you didn't why did you do that you didn't have to do that and he's like it's um it's what I do I save people like I yeah. So is Xena three? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I, granted anything could have happened between then and now for all we know, but I just, it, it feels to me, it feels out of character for him and it makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <clears throat> although in terms of, oh, I was just, I'm trying to justify it for Cottle just because I love him so much. But like in terms of, kind of like triage and figuring out how to save the most people like the seems like the Cylons are already going to die they're a good test case kind of so I don't know I feel it's not like he like intentionally infected them true so he could so there there's also the case to be made that the language he's using is um for the people he's speaking to right like he's not gonna win anyone over saying like hey bring him on board maybe i can help them right like no one's gonna be cool with that but if he says to you know to adama and to Rosalind and whoever like you know bring him on board and i'll find out how long our people have to live blah 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 like he's justifying to them why they should bring him on board so that he could be like a politics thing 
I actually think that you're right. That is much more in line with the Doc Coddle that we've seen so mm-hmm. far, where like yeah. he'll talk tough and like act like he doesn't care, but like you can clearly see in his actions that he does. Uh, and um, I think you're you're spot on. Like he yeah. he knows like if if they're telling him that there are people alive, in, you know, in his mind, people that there are Cylons <laughs> alive. Uh, if you bring them to me, maybe I can save them. And like that's his that's his instinct. I think you're spot on, and like that just that makes me uh, yeah. appreciate this episode that much more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Good call. Thank you. So there we go. He's just playing politics with mm-hmm. the people involved. But uh, as the uh, the the fleet of raptors is uh, escaping, we get the the perfect action movie explosion in the background sequence uh, mm-hmm. as the the base star blows up. And uh, we got Gata, uh, massive energy discharge from the base ship. Uh, it exploded, sir. <laughs> and then he pushes his glasses way oh. up onto his face. <laughs> and like, you, all, you all right out there? Uh, yeah, uh, affirmative. What the hell happened? I mean, the base ship exploded. Could you not see that? Like, Did right. you not Did hear you what miss? Gata just said? Gata just, just said. said Massive energy discharge. Uh, Massive it exploded, sir. Real big. It, it it exploded. It exploded, sir. Um, but I love. There's a, a brief moment where uh, the camera focuses on uh, Athena, and Lee kind of looks over at her like, "Huh?" And she's like, uh. <laughs> "Big old shrug emoji." <laughs> I don't know how that ship exploded. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? And now, uh, we don't have any direct indication that she was, or for that matter, was not involved in the ship self-destructing. Uh, but I feel like there's there's a bit of a hint here that she may have decided to go ahead and destroy that ship uh, rather than risk the, the possibility of the disease spreading further. Mm-hmm. Now, in my mind, I, I read that, or interpreted that as uh the ship kind of like committing suicide almost right very well may have been because like the last the last remaining cylons alive had been taken off the ship and now it's just suffering in space Mm -hmm. so why 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 continue to suffer in space the only like if they hadn't made a point of doing that close-up on Sharon's face, I, I would be more inclined to lean very heavily towards that. Now, what could sway me is the inclination that I just had that uh, it was more looking for her reaction to that happening. But mm-hmm. that, that feels like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it no is unclear. Know. And I also kind of like that. Like I like that not every mystery is like mm-hmm. written out for us uh, in... You know, clear ink on a uh, you know, octagonal paper. Um, <laughs> you know, we it's get to... funny that in space it's cool. We can have mysteries, but on like a little island on Earth, <laughs> a show doesn't tie everything up all neat and tidy, and everybody hates it. You mean? I just, I just, you know, it's it's fine. I just think it's funny. A show where everyone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the look on your face. How Hail, dare you? How, how dare you? Absolute dare you. Absolute no, dare. Okay, for real though, what what was the name of that show where everyone was dead? Beetlejuice? No, no, there was a show like... Say it two more times. Pushing Daisies. Are they all dead I, I, think, I think that's the one. Dead Pushing like Daisies me. is a great show. Yeah. 
Oh, the, the Good Place also. Oh I yes, guess. Yes. I guess there's quite a few of these. Huh? Yeah. Oh, Lost. Lost is one of them. I hate uh, you. <laughs> I hate you both. No, you don't. Usually, it's just one of you every episode, but now you're both on my shit list. <laughs> uh, so the ship explodes, and um, Athena shares with the the rest of the crew that the the prayer that the the living the the not dead yet. He said he's not dead yet. Uh, Cylons <laughs> were saying was basically one of like uh, of accepting of final death. They know that they are not going to resurrect, and uh, the I forget exactly what they call uh, the prayer, but it is uh, literally just a you know accepting their fate entirely and are preparing to die. Poof. I was hoping that uh, maybe while I was stumbling over that, one of you would happen to to know. But I was it. thinking about what the funniest song I could have quoted is if it were the prayer would be. But the only <laughs> song that I can pull up that quickly is one week. Like, that's all I've got. So, oh, my God. So I just kind of left the room for a moment. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to totally honest with Caleb. I, I zoned out a little bit. I was okay. zoned in. I was just. Okay, here we go. The prayer to the cloud of unknowing. So they they know about the cloud. That's in, uh, <laughs> that's uh, right. Well, how do yeah? How do you think resurrection works? They upload to the cloud. <laughs> I mean, um, what a silly name. So here's here's an odd. Like I don't know if it's a continuity moment or if it's Lee just being salty. Uh, they're in a like a little conference in you know the admiral's quarters. Uh, and it's Lee and Hilo and uh, Cottle and Rosalind and Papadama. Lee says, Carl's wife said it was something called the prayer to the cloud of unknowing. You know goddamn well her name Carl's and her call wife. sign. And I you know her. that. Yeah. Also, Carl's Ew. standing right there. Yeah. Well, like, it's kind of a, like, you, it, it, Lee it's and Carl are kind of going at it. And, you know, Lee's being kind of shitty. And, you know, uh, Hilo... Yeah, I love it. Like, not even Hilo. Carl's, Carl's wife. wife. Yeah. Not not Hilo's <laughs> wife, not Mrs. Agathon, not Sharon, not Athena. Carl's not even wife. wife. Not even Raptor Adapter. <laughs> Raptor Adapter. Chrome Dome. Oh, my God. Um, a Carl's duck. wife. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So anyway, the point is, she said they only use it when they're facing an imminent death that is final. No possibility of downloading. They're ready to die. Uh, and the uh, <clears throat> the 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 rest of them are worried. Like, oh, you know, they may be ready to die, but that doesn't mean like the rest of the fleet won't jump in at any moment. And this jump is where uh, we get the additional <laughs> thank you so uh, exposition sorry. that the. Uh, the colonials now understand what uh, we know from the, you know, the the Cylon side of the discourse uh, that they're afraid that if the if the dead uh, infected Cylons uh, download into the resurrection ship, they'll infect the rest of the fleet, thus killing everyone. Does and, that uh, make Cylon sense based on what we have known so far? Cylon sense tingling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like. Uh, I assume if the Cylons are aware, let me start. Let me try that again. I assume if the Cylons are worried about it, it's for good reason. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, I want 
I'm just wondering if there's it, there's something about it that doesn't make enough sense to me to totally buy that because we don't know. Well, one of the things is that have we gotten to the part where we where they talk about what the what the beacon is actually carrying? Um, that is in this scene, so we will we'll okay. discuss that uh, momentarily. But uh, I think. So we haven't had any indication yet that a cause of death can carry through any effects to you know, through a download. Uh, but I think what they're concerned with here is a disease that can wipe out their entire like crew of uh, humanoid Cylons, Centurions, Raiders, and the base ship itself mm-hmm. that can kill all of them. Uh, they're thinking is <clears throat> probably not. Uh, just a traditional, or you know, I can't really say organic virus, but a traditional virus that would attack organic life or bacteria or whatnot. Uh, they're thinking that it probably is more akin to a computer virus, uh, mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking that their concern is. It's something that can uh, genuinely attack their you know, silent-specific neural pathways, right. in which case they're concerned that something of that code, be it genetic or you know, Python, uh, or whatever is going to get, uh, uploaded to the cloud, uh, and infect the, the rest of the fleet. Uh, and you know, they, they haven't updated their antivirus software in a while. And so that they don't have all the, the latest, uh, virus definitions. So I, if, but they're not all, they're not all like, what am I trying to? There once a a Cylon whatever exists in the air when the body dies is downloaded to a new body. I understand that if it passes through the cloud or whatever, um, and that and that is infected, that they will get it. But we have seen that they're not directly networked to one another all the time because Sharon had to plug the ship into her the she had to plug the meat into her meat to be able to so i just i don't understand how that spread could happen so um to, like so completely that's all i th- i think that that's valid but i think that that's also like that unknown mm-hmm. is enough to scare them to say like you know it it they they make a point of mentioning like it's no small thing that they leave an entire base ship to die. Yeah, yeah. That they leave like the entirety of that population to die with no hope of resurrection. Like that's a big deal for the Cylons. Uh, and you know we even see the the scene where they argue about deciding whether or not to do it. And even you know their base stars hybrid gets involved in the the discussion. So like, however poorly they show it, they do have some appreciation for life. <laughs> there, there's also the case to be made that like it, you know it if you were in a situation where you came across a ship full of people that brought a beacon on board and they all got like deathly ill instantly like you wouldn't want to go anywhere near any of those people no no like not. You, you your assumption would be holy shit this thing spreads like wildfire because mm-hmm. it almost certainly appears that it does yeah it's like the andromeda strain project wildfire Anyway, um, <clears throat> so Cottle uh, realizes that, uh, you know, he, he identifies the, the strain of the virus and that realizes that humans are immune to it. Uh, and thankfully, Sharon, because of some uh, 
just sci-fi writing magic because she had a, a, a hybrid human baby uh, and got to share some some antibodies with it. Uh, she too is immune to the virus, so she's safe, and you know we we don't have to uh, say goodbye to uh, the the Sharon du jour. Um, <laughs> so well, so it, it's to Carl's wife. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's worth noting that what Cottle finds out is that the disease on this beacon is like some 3,000-year-old um, human disease that they've all developed an immunity to since then, but the Cylons never did, apparently. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's why Sharon carrying a half-human baby got antibodies that were immune to the thing because the humans all had them just mm -hmm. natively now. So I don't know how scientifically accurate that is but it sounds plausible to me so i'm just gonna let him get away with it i yeah, I, 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 I mock it for the the sci-fi writing but i also don't know anything about how uh, the, the mother and child parasitic relationship works so i <laughs> that is that is what pregnancy is is the thing it, no I'm gonna, it is i'm gonna get some sternly worded instagram comments for that one that's all right <laughs> you're not wrong the, i do think it I is don't... beautiful <laughs> sir <laughs> um i know so little about if only i So I, I do think that antibodies can pass right from mother to child. Right? Like that makes sense enough. What but can they go the other way? Oh, oh, right, right, right. That's uh, that's the confusing part to me. Right. Yeah. Is, um, yes, they can definitely pass from mother to child. That much I do know. Right. Who's where's but, the baby's <laughs> antibodies? Oh, I guess from theoretically from Hilo, but I don't. <laughs> Hilo's got that vaccine sperm. <laughs> so all Hilo has to do is fuck all the Cylons and then they're good to go. Listen. It's Hilo's a dirty the cure. job, but somebody's got to do it. Hilo oh, you, is the cure. You killed Caleb. It's been a while. It's been a while. Sorry, Sorry the, the, the timing on that. I was uh, <laughs> leaning down to adjust my, my mat. Uh, and <laughs> I'm okay. okay. I survived that You're back. One. <laughs> I just I, I know that I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it doesn't. It makes it just makes no sense that the only reason like this isn't a Cylon specific virus. It just is one that we so happen to be immune to. It's like smallpox, right? Like, um, but. How then, if it's organic, which it must be if we were susceptible to it, does it travel through the Cylons, like, programming or whatever? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it's a, in this case, a... Answer the question, Caleb, how? <laughs> a traditional virus. So it's not a computer yeah. virus. So the only thing I can think of is, like... Maybe the the Cylon physiology is able to like translate this viral DNA into uh, into a code that becomes part of the backup copy. That's I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how their backups work, uh, but they refer to it as uh, lymphocytic encephalitis. Uh, West which, Nile. 
<laughs> which is not exactly uh, the same, but is similar to a real-life uh, lymphocytic choriomeningitis. Uh, that sounds which, nasty. Which was a, a real thing. A rodent-borne viral infectious disease that presents as aseptic meningitis, uh, encephalitis, or uh, meningoencephalitis. And its causative agent is lymphocytic choriomeningitis <laughs> uh, mammarinovirus. Uh, LCMV is much easier to say. Uh, a member of, you know, that's it was coined oh, by LCMV, Charles Oh, it's LCMV, that's yeah, how it spreads. Okay, that makes sense. It's spread by LCMV, yeah. Yeah, now I get it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I feel like this is one where, like, they made up something that was close enough to a real thing, but, like, also was made up. No, I'm just going to tag Dr. Cohen in on this stuff because this is, like, his actual field as opposed to, like, time travel and shit. Um, and I, I'm, I just don't understand, like, where also, if we have, like, why is there a beacon covered in this virus if it came, like, it came from humans, right? The beacon? Mm-hmm. Well, we do we do cover why this happened. So, and, and, I mean, that's kind of towards the end where we get that reveal. We can jump to that if you want. We don't have, no, that's okay. We can work toward it. I'm just. Hey, um, speaking of jump, we have ooh. multiple Dreda's contacts. So, we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. Uh, as always, we will embed the rendezvous coordinates into the ad uh, so make sure you listen to the ad upside down uh, at three quarter speed, and you'll get those uh, you'll get those coordinates. And we will see you at the rendezvous coordinates. And if you find a fucking beacon, please don't bring it back Just with you. Leave it where it is. Do Good not God. bring it inside. Hey y'all, present the podcast Andrea here, and I want to tell you about a couple of night shift radio shows that we think you're really gonna love. First up is a little podcast called Left of the Dial, featuring a couple of familiar voices. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, talk about a different record they love. They also have really incredible guests on all the time. Uh, For example, a recent episode features Max Collins from Eve 6, King of Twitter, and a special surprise co-host. It's me. I'm the surprise co-host. Focusing on new and independent music, Left of the Dial is a great way to find your new favorite band. And I'd also like to recommend the Superpod Cast. You looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod Cast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. Classic of modern cinema, certified stinker, it doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. You start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Cast. Doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Cast. Be heroic. And of course, you can find these and all of our other great shows at nsrad.io, because it's rad. And it's like radio. Report! (laughs) So we have real enough sounding imaginary disease. We know that humans are immune. We know that Cylons are very much not immune. Uh, but that Cylons who have had half-human babies uh, get the antibodies and become immune. And Cottle, Cottle realizes that he can, he can piece together a, a vaccine that is a, it's a treatment. It will keep them alive and will, it, it, will say, it, it will prevent death, but it is not a full-on cure, which I think is, is interesting. And, and I wonder if that's specifically because in this case they're too far gone uh, that he can't like, fully eliminate the virus from their system or if that's just 
the best that he can do with the the medical technology he has available to him. Now, a couple things here. First of all, did we talk about the part yet where Coddle comes and frees all the quarantined uh, away team and says you're okay, but then makes Sharon wait? No. Okay. So he does that. And he's like, you're all, you're all fine, but you, you hold on a minute. And Hilo's there, and he's like, what, why? And he's like, I haven't run her sample yet. And Hilo's like, why? Because of who she isn't? That's... And like, Which is a great gets, line. Gets kind of an attitude about it. But it's, it's a good point. Why did Coddle run everyone else's blood sample and not hers? It's a very interesting question, and he doesn't really answer it. Um, but the the thing I really want to talk about is uh, Coddle is essentially a, a general practitioner, sure. uh, may, maybe a field surgeon if you if you really want to get uh, into it. What the fuck does he know about making vaccines? <laughs> no, it's Wait, really I, easy. I'm like, sorry, he's not a general practitioner; he's a major. Oh, I'm sorry, major practitioner. <laughs> Um, like, you know, I, like, I, I love, I love my doctor. My doctor's <laughs> great, but my doctor's not fucking inventing vaccines in like 20 minutes no, that's, during that's the true. TV commercial. Like, come on. Well, then your doctor's not so good. I guess not. I guess I need to find a new doctor. Yeah. You need to, to go see Coddle. Clearly. Um. Too bad yeah. I can't. Uh, it, uh, it does but leave you do wondering, like, what... Like, you also need, it, like, very complicated, quick... Like, you don't just whip up a vaccine real quick. Well, he probably took over uh, Baltar's lab. Oh, uh, right, right. Which, which is probably <laughs> where he ran all the blood Swiss samples. Swiss army knife of labs, so... Still, and honestly, that's, like, that's also probably why uh, he was taking so long to get to Sharon's blood sample, is because, you know, it, we know it takes, <laughs> like, just hours on hours to run a blood sample. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? We just gave up on. Uh, we just kind of gave up on that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that plot line is so two seasons ago. <laughs> True. Oh, I got it. I just I, I picture Baltar's lab on Galactica, still just full of untested blood vials yeah. that have long since gone turned. Well, because um, he just got them out on a table yeah. too. He wasn't and, storing and like, them properly. And no one wants to go in there because of all the blood. It's creepy. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, Do you think at some point in all the battles, like, all the vials like, got smashed and there's just blood everywhere and everyone's like, ah, that room's done. I, <laughs> we don't go in there anymore. That. It looks like a base star in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the... Uh, he, he does... Um, he presents this plan. He's like, you know, we, we can we can keep them alive. I can't cure them, but we can keep them alive. And uh, the Colonials decide to use this as a leverage against the Cylons to get information out of them. Like, oh, tell them we have a vaccine. Don't tell them it's not a cure. <laughs> Just tell them we, uh, we, we got the shot. Uh, and so they, they drag a Simon in uh, with the, <laughs> our fancy uh, restraint poles uh, that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, this motherfucker is on death's door, I and they're know. like, we need two Marines with restraint neck poles on him. Like, come on. He can barely stay. Also, like... Yeah. <laughs> How stoked were the Marines to go and dig those out of storage? Oh, they love those things. You know <laughs> like, it. Like, oh, we get to use the balls mm-hmm. again. Um, and the the Simon tells them, like, you know, 
they were looking for Earth. Um, they were looking for the the Lion's Head Nebula, uh, looking for the the path to Earth. Uh, you know, Baltar told them to look there. And wait, wait, Baltar's alive? He's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's on our base ship. He's helping us. And everyone's like, mm. Well, I mean, that's what Simon says. Oh! Have you been waiting three and a half seasons to say that? Yes. No, not three and a half seasons, but definitely three and a half minutes. Thank you. <laughs> um. And, you know, he explains, you know, we, we found this beacon and then everyone got hella sick. And, uh, you know, I gave you information. Please, please help me. Please don't let me die. Uh, and they, they drag him out, presumably, to give him the treatment. Uh, and everything's fine. Uh, and that's I, it. Nothing's wrong. And that's it. Roll credits. Uh, Lee. Lee comes up with the idea. Hey, why don't we kill them all? <sighs> Why don't we? Why don't we get in range of their their resurrection ship, kill the prisoners, and they'll go download and kill all the Cylons, and there'll be no more Cylons. This is a uh, brutal. Which, in theory, I mean, line. it's a good plan. Well, it's a uh, it's from genocide, a but it's a good plan <laughs> from a purely tactical standpoint yes. of achieving the objective of completely eliminating your foe. Yes. Uh, from a standpoint of like maintaining any semblance of moral high ground or a soul, uh, no, yeah, no. bad, bad plan. And, uh, we don't initially get to see the Admiral's, uh, true reaction. Uh, he kind of stays silent through it, but Hilo is the only one who like really speaks up against this. He's like, yeah, I, wonder I, why. I get it. I'm married to a silent, but also this is genocide. Mm -hmm. This is like, just no matter how you slice it, this is wrong. And, uh, got, you know, got a side with Hilo on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of the reasons I'm so, I keep going back to this fucking virus is that like, you can't keep calling them machines. If the same virus that knocked out however many actual human beings can affect Cylons the same way. Like, like we all know, those of us in the chat, that they're not just machine, right? That they're, you know, more than meets the eye, that they're <laughs> meet, meets, meets the, the eye. eye. Um, I think by now the humans should know that too, though, because like yeah. Sharon got pregnant. So right. like obviously they're they're not just mechanical men. Right. Like, and they know, and the... With banging hips. <laughs> <laughs> I really was looking too now. Now every time they show up, I'm really paying attention to the uh <laughs> good lord. This uh, show now, has ruined my brain. Now here's here's where I find myself conflicted because I, I agree with Hilo, right? Like I'm on Hilo's side here. Mm -hmm. This is genocide. Like he makes the point that like Sharon has, you know, time and time again proved that she's you know, on their side and, uh, you know, maybe there's more like her and how can, you know, how can we just wipe out the entire Cylon race like that? Uh, but Rosalind points out, you know, the Cylons had no problem wiping out all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And even after they destroyed all of their colonies, that wasn't enough for them. And they pursued them through the galaxies, mm -hmm. trying to pick them off systematically and, and whatnot. And um, now they're being petty and looking for earth. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah. So like, so, like, I also agree with Rosin. Like, yeah, you know, the Cylons did try to do the same thing to you. 
Now, do two rights make a wrong? No. Sometimes. Oh, I mean, no, they don't. Uh, wait, no. Do two, <laughs> two, two wrongs make a right? No, but three rights make a left. Oh, okay. And, okay. And the... But, but the important thing here is is Hilo tries to uh, – this is where I think Hilo's argument falls apart, is where he tries to say, you know, they tried to live with us on New Caprica, mm. and Rosalind gets pissed. Yeah, she yeah. does. And do you have the, do you have the line in front of you, Caleb? Because I don't want to paraphrase it. I want to get it right. Um, I did. Oh, wait, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, she says – uh, da, da. You were not on New Caprica. To my recollection, you didn't set foot there. So out of respect to the hundreds of men and women on your crew who suffered through that snake pit, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. You would serve your fleet well if you would remember occasionally that the Cylons are a mortal threat to the, human, uh, the survival of the human race. She's now, right. She's right. So, like, I'm going to be honest. I'm very conflicted here as to whether or not this is the right thing to do. Uh, I think ultimately the the part of me that, like, thinks that, you know, harming anyone is bad mm-hmm. is just going to say, no, don't do that. But, like, from a military tactical standpoint, it's like the Cylons have kind of made it clear that it's 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 humans or the Cylons yeah. one way or the other. And so at that point, what are you going to do? And so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right call here is. I think sitting everybody down, having a conversation, some mediation maybe, you know, just really kind of lay out what everybody's looking for and try to find a middle ground. I think uh, they should bring in Baltar to... Uh, <laughs> to mediate? To there mediate, you go. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing I don't get, is the universe is so fucking big... And you, you mean to tell me you all can't find two different corners to go live in and just Patty. leave each other alone? Patty, well, we Patty, talked Patty. about this last week that, like, for all we know, there is nothing wrong with the Cylon homeworld. Unless they're not telling us something about where, like, they, they went and, like, fucked up their home. Uh, and that's why they, they came after the colonies. Like, maybe there's something to that. Like, the whole, like, all oh, this happened before. All, it will happen again. You know, maybe they instigated some shit and like they created their own mechanical servants and enslaved them and then they rebelled so the Cylons had to leave and were like well I guess we'll go fuck with the humans now (laughs) so there's like double Cylons revenge (laughs) really it's like we fucked up too whoops we still don't know exactly why they chose the moment to leave their home planet Mm-mm. right like no they had a plan i still i'm starting to think they really didn't have a plan <laughs> they were just winging it Some shit it might not have said. been a good plan but <laughs> yeah so hilo he makes his protest and you know he even goes back and tells sharon about the plan and uh he expects her to to have a, a big reaction but she's like you know what i i chose to wear this uniform and i've i've fought for it and like it, if this is what it takes, you know the the loss of you know my entire race. You know this is this is my home. These are my people. And like, hey, he tries to to make a like you don't have to prove anything. And 
uh, in an excellent parallel to real world racism, she's like, I have to prove myself every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, the, the fact that, you know, she is, she's a, a woman and she is, uh, of, uh, another race to the, the people that she works with. Like, is this a double whammy for her? Mm-hmm. And that is, again, this show is real. Yeah. So the the plan is in motion. The the admiral expresses his concern to uh, Rosalind in private. I mm-hmm. appreciate that he waits to, uh, you know, not. Well, uh, mom and dad never are never supposed to fight in front of the kids. Exactly. exactly. You have to he doesn't contradict her. Yeah. Doesn't contradict her in public, but privately he says like, you know, the use of biological weapons uh, requires a direct authorization from the president. She's like, oh, so you're going to put this on me. He's like, yep, this one I am. This I, time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like any other time he would back her in, entirely, but mm-hmm. even if he, you know, it, it, we've seen, like, even when he disagrees, there have been times yeah. where he's like, you know what? We're going to do it your way. Uh, but this one he just can't do. And, you know, if if you tell me do this, I will do this. But I need you to know that I think that Hela is right. I think that this is wrong. So, the plan is in motion. Meanwhile, on the base star with our good friend Count Boltar. I forgot. <laughs> Jesus. They, uh, they know about the beacon. And they think that he knows something. And they decide to go full-on torture chamber with him. Yeah, they do. Which... Now, like, you have to understand, and, and Kitsy, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm cutting off from saying the, the same thing, but you have to understand that Gus Baltar's not going to hold up under torture. Yeah, if he's no. not telling you when you just, like, present the, like, the potential threat of pain to him, mm-hmm. then he has nothing to tell he has you. nothing, yeah. yeah. That's not what I was going to say, <laughs> okay. um, but, you, but that's a very <laughs> good point. Uh, what I was going to say is the, like, I get why the Cylons think he knows more than he does. Because he's a shady motherfucker. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a shady motherfucker, for one. Uh, But, like, I I still don't understand his motive for not telling about the beacon. I really don't. Because, you know, when he even says he he didn't want to tell them because he was afraid they'd jump to the very conclusion they've already jumped to, that he knows everything about it, that he was somehow responsible... But, like, hiding shit's never going to work. And he's no. been with them for so long. I don't know long enough that, like, what would have had to have transpired for him to have been able to coordinate? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get why they think he knows more than he does. But, yeah, they're not getting shit out of him. I almost don't buy that that's what's going on here. Oh? Yeah. Um, Go on. So I've been I've been thinking about this whole like scene or whatever. Tell me what you thought about. <laughs> don't you don't you dare, <laughs> Caleb! Don't you dare get me started. Um. So this is wild speculation. It's another instance of me not believing the thing I say. But what? If the final five are all sleeper agents who don't know, and it takes some major something to activate them. And I, there's another instance that wasn't 
that wasn't Baltar that made me think of this. Because, like, the it's this scene is excessive. Like, Deanna is drilling directly into Baltar's head in this scene. <laughs> like, shoves a thing in his ear, and mm-hmm. like, enough to make it bleed. And, like, you know, like, pain caps on his fingers. And yeah. She's, she, like, I forget the exact line. I don't have it in front of me. She's like, you know. I don't want to do this. I don't want you to to make you hurt. <laughs> it's like, it's very like abuser language. Yeah, yeah. like you, I don't want to hit you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but we like get it. we get one of the uh, one of the most interesting uses of chip six head six whatever <laughs> interesting you know, angel six. Uh, well. Mm, I mean, now that you mention it, uh, very interesting. No, um, there you go. The she appears to him, and and one of his idyllic uh, beach scenes where he's mm-hmm. he's laying out on a, a you know beach chair, uh, much the same way that he is in reality on this torture chair, and you know she basically starts telling him like, your mind and your body can be separate like keep your mind there and use your intellect to to like outwit her to like to get yourself out of this to fuck with her head keep your body here with me focus physically focus on me focus on my voice focus on my body focus your dick uh (laughs) and she she just starts riding him and telling him what to say and the reason i say one of the most interesting is yes it's a very thirsty scene but also (laughs) she very much uses the fact that when he speaks to her he is speaking out loud in the real world and she says you know tell me you believe in me Mm -hmm. tell me you believe tell me you want me to believe in you Make me believe in you. Now tell me you love me. Mm-hmm. And he's saying this out loud, and you see Deanna stop like, hmm. uh, uh, are we going steady now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a that was very weird. Like, I'm not sure what like what the, the plan, like what she's supposed to make of that. You know? The whole thing is very odd. And it's very weird. An- another thing where Baltar's body is in the torture room. Like I, she, the split that she's talking about, the like, se, the like mind-body divide, doesn't make sense in the direction that she's sending it. Unless he's, unless he, why would he be? Is he who? Because <laughs> unless, unless the because. <laughs> I need just that sequence of thought just (laughs) on a loop. That's what goes on in the brain that I have all day long. You just heard it out loud. Um, But he can't, in theory, separate his body and move that somewhere else. It's his mind that would have to go with Chip Six. Unless he were projecting the torture room, then his mind could stay there. And if his body were really on the... I guess on the beach with six? I don't know. Like Six on the beach? Yeah, hey But like... There it is. I think... I, I agree just from like a, a literal standpoint. It, it's weird because he is physically, as far as we know, in the torture chamber and all of this stuff is happening in his head. Um, but I think she's 
basically telling him to like take a conscious control uh, over his, both his mind and his body and to keep his physical sensation on the the pleasurable experience that she's giving him. She's, you know, she's like pain and pleasure. They're just neural impulses. You know, they're just neurons firing. Like they can Again. be the same thing. And so like keep your body focused on that and keep your attention on her. Don't, don't, don't focus your brain on me. Don't try to escape this. Focus your brain outwards and just let... Let, and she, we know that she let mama gives drive. him. Yeah, let mama drive. Uh, we know that like she can give him physical sensation because we've seen him uh, basically like coming in his pants in a room full of people. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird show. I still remember. I, let's not forget. Because I never will. No. Starbuck walked in on him fucking a lab table. Like, I just. Oh, the, the Imagine time. if this was your first episode of this podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome, new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye, new listeners. <laughs> this, you know, this is a very thirsty episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has the the desired effect. Um, you know, she she distracts him physically enough from the pain that he's able to to focus, and uh, you know he. You, the three, Deanna, uh, tries three to, Anna. to tell him, you know, <laughs> three Anna, love it. Uh, <laughs> she, she tries to be like, you know, this is all, you know, God's plan. And like, we know that you, that you did this. And like, this to me, the, the fundamental flaw in any, like everything happens for a reason, or it's all part of God's plan or like anything along those lines, any kind of predetermination, because, it's always like everything happens for a reason until it's something that was bad that happened to you. And then you're like, why did this happen? Why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead mm-hmm. of like, oh, clearly this happened for a reason and I, and I deserve this or this was part of God's plan uh, and there's nothing we can do about it. If it was all part of God's plan and everything happens for a reason, then why are you torturing guys Baltar mm-hmm. uh, and claiming that he was the cause of it? Because that's so, all part of God's plan. <laughs> Explain that. <laughs> Checkmate, atheists. How <laughs> <laughs> me so, a Baltar learn English? But you know, he he basically you know throws back at her. You know, you just you use that uh, as a a way to try to, to explain a world that doesn't make sense, and you know, you're hiding behind it. And uh, she kind of it makes her pause for a moment, but then she goes back into the torture, and that's when. Uh, the six starts walking him through what to say, and you know, whereas like she realizes reason didn't work, so try love, <laughs> and that chips through Deanna's cold exterior. Mm-hmm. Love, it's the only thing Cylons need, apparently. Well, a Subaru, a Subaru as well. <laughs> <laughs> love, what's make a it's what makes a Cylon so, a Cylon. <laughs> today I found out. So, so they, so we we get a scene of Hilo messing with some stuff. <laughs> He does. He, does he unscrews a panel and uh, unplugs a wire, uh, and then screws the panel back on. Hilo is do a sabotage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know the the Galactica does the plan. They jump in. They they get the the base star and the uh, the uh, resurrection ship to jump to where they are, and they go to execute the prisoners, but they're already dead. Womp womp. Hmm. They succeeded. The thing Hilo was doing is he was killing them all. 
with his bare Bef- hands before <laughs> by by reversing the something or other with the oxygen carbon dioxide you can do whatever bo- you want with the oxygen on these ships we've seen it time and time again i'd say it's a it's a call back to the the firing range they That's basically right. like suck the oxygen out of the room mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and so like, all why is that a feature <laughs> why would you ever need to do that to well to decontaminate a, a fire room. If there's a fire, do you put the fire out or to decontaminate a room? Uh, there are there are reasons. Okay. They're not always good ones. And maybe should be better fail-safes than unscrew this panel and unplug this wire and pe- people go by. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they know that the, the plan is, is fracked. And so they, they get the, the birds back on the, on the ship and they jump away. And Rosalind and Adama have a, a little... A little cup of, I was going to say cup of tea, but it's definitely whiskey. Uh, I love that Adama still has, like, like I don't know what kind of, like, bootleg moonshine they're drinking at this point, but he still puts it in a, in a real nice decanter and, like, serves it up the right way. Mm-hmm. Gotta love him. He's, uh, a classy, he's a classy guy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And, you know, he explains what happened, and Rosalind's like, so, like, clearly we know who did this, so, like, what are we going to do about it? He's like, nothing. Book's closed on this one. Like, yeah, okay. and she's like, "How convenient!" And this is where we get the the final word on uh, what the virus was. Said, you know, Kyle's yeah. report on the virus thinks it was simply an accidental contamination on the beacon we abandoned on the sick base, sick base ship. And this says sick base ship, but that's not true. It's sick base ship, sick base ship, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like basically, they're they're saying that the equivalent of like. When the thirteenth tribe was leaving Kobol towards Earth, Kobol, Kobol, they left this beacon specifically to help other people find the way, should they choose to follow. Uh, but somebody accidentally sneezed and got some uh, <laughs> lymphocytic encephalitis, or whatever the hell we called it on here, uh, and which somehow survived the vacuum of space for three thousand years. Yeah, tardigrades. I don't know. <laughs> that's totally, totally no, not that's a reasonable it. comparison. No, you got it. I think you nailed it in one. <laughs> Just like the first thing, the like first extremophile I could think of. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, the word for today, kids, is extremophile. Uh, that sounds really nasty. Like <laughs> they. They they go so far as to say you know the the strain of the virus that they found was an exact match for one that uh, was reported over three thousand years ago at the time that the thirteenth colony left Kobol, which like Kobol. they've got some really fucking accurate medical reporting apparently mm-hmm. if they still know the exact strain of I mean maybe that's how uh, a major practitioner uh, was able to uh, whip true. up. A, uh, a, mm. a vaccine so quickly because they have very good octagonal medical records. Um, and so they realize they're on the right trail. And, she's, and he says, I think we're on the right trail, Laura. Yes, we are on the right trail, Bill. Uh, they call each other Laura and Bill. It's so adorable. Mm-hmm. But so are the Cylons. Yep. And then they sigh. Lawn. Ah. Roll credits. Roll credits. So, Andrea, what did you think? (laughs) What's up? Welcome to the podcast. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. This episode raised, 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 yeah, raised. 
this episode the, the the past of rays is to have has risen in me so many a question more so than even one answer um i placed i think I was trying to find, I can't remember where we talked about it, but I did I did my math where if it's West Nile, which is what I think they're talking about, or a version thereof, that puts us um, like right around 1920 is when it was discovered. So 3,000, I do the math bad. What does that mean for us? That puts us right around 4,000? Five, 49? Yeah, 49. Mm-hmm. He says 3,000. Um, uh, yeah, 4,900 AD, right? Is that right? Over 3,000 years ago, so. But if it's West Nile and it's our timeline, that wasn't even identified until 1927, I think. Um, (laughs) desperate to do any research at all related to the show, I felt like (laughs) West Nile was safe. Um. So that'd be like 2227. What? 3,000 years? 3,000 years from... They'll give you such a crick in the from neck. From 1927? Uh, would be... Kissy. 2227. I want you to... It's 300 years. That's... That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but, so... So that's where I think we're at. But that could mean anything. Who knows? I don't actually think that. But, but maybe I do. Who knows? Um... I don't think that it's. I don't think that we were supposed to um, use that as a hint for actual timestamp, but um, well, especially because it's three thousand years since the twelve, uh, the thirteenth tribe left Kobol, which, as Kobol. we know, is not Earth. Man, I'm. They confused. left Kobol to go to Earth. I yeah. love where your head is with this theory, but it, it is like explicitly. Stated as not correct. Wait, okay, though. At least as far as we know from the lore of the show to this moment, thus far, uh, Cobalt and Earth. I know that. Uh, yeah, I know they're different now. I finally. Departure and destination. <laughs> you, yes. you finally accepted that. I, I've accepted that. So I'll do the. So what does that mean if. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We don't know. Because I'm. But if 1920. Whatever. Um, I have a question that is going way back to the miniseries now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which is, well, somebody made me think of it. Um, oh, I should get their Twitter handle. Somebody, somebody very nice on Twitter. Um, see, uh, seems like they've just started watching the show and they edit us with a nice, yeah, with a quote um, about Starbuck from the miniseries. So I went back um, to listen and when Apollo does the thing where he reverses the polarity, et cetera, et cetera, and he disappears, and that's when I decided I think he's a Cylon and he redownloaded, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Do we have any reason? Like, we know that sometimes it takes days, right, for a Cylon to regenerate, but that has more to do with when they get to them, right? Like, it could be much quicker if need be. That's kind of the impression that they gave yeah. us is, like, if there's a cue. Okay. <laughs> that it'll so, take a while. But 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 also I I still you seem to have this this recollection of Lee disappearing in that moment and he doesn't. He doesn't disappear on screen. It's just he tells us something happened, but we don't She doesn't trust that Lee is actually I, telling, telling the, the truth. truth. 
in the first oh, place. I, I don't think that he blinks out like on screen. He suddenly disappears. I just think he comes back and says, oh, he did this thing and it saved his butt, whatever. And he like got off of the whatever he was. I don't remember what he was even seeing, like a raptor or something at that point. Um, Viper. Or a Viper. A Viper. Um, and that he managed to get back on the Battlestar safely. Um, but we don't actually see that occur. So I just wasn't sure. I just wanted to revisit that to see if what we know about Cylon regeneration at this point does anything to disprove that theory. Mm. And it's I don't very think it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found the beacon. We found the signpost pointing the way to Earth at the Lion's Head Nebula. So we're going to uh, we're going to see where that leads us. So we're going to spool up our FTL drives, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.